Welcome to the Creating Us podcast, hosted by the Office of Leader and Culture Development. My name is Jason Weber, your host, and I'm excited to be with you on this episode of our podcast. Now, I am a day late in getting this posted because yesterday I had the opportunity to spend the day with our team members in El Paso. They were doing a values event where they invited Marianne Jennings, Professor Emerita from Arizona State University, uh, and an expert in ethics for her to come and speak and talk about, you know, just examples and challenges that organizations run into around the idea of or around the topic of ethics. I then had the opportunity to spend the next two hours or hour and a half talking about their values. And what I ended up doing was taking simple truths, the same thing that we're talking about here, and connecting them to each of their values to help kind of bring to life. When we talk about this idea of operationalizing our values and we consider operationalizing these simple truths, how do we do that? In this case, they have six values and we were able to connect six of the simple truths and in all honesty, pretty easily, which is wonderful to see. So it led into a great discussion. I'm excited to be back in Lubbock and I'm thrilled that we're able to uh, have this conversation today. So the simple truth we're going to focus on today is number nine, and this is the beginning of the situational leadership aspect. Uh, It's written by Ken Blanchard. The title of this simple truth is effective servant leaders realize they have to use different strokes for different folks. Now, in essence, what we're getting at is we're all unique. We all have different preferred styles. And as leaders, it's important for us to know that we can't just use one style of leading. If if we were to do that, then essentially we fall into that trap of treating everybody the same. And we know that we are not all the same. So as leaders, the question then comes up, how do we effectively lead a team? Or I'm in a pose, how do we effectively interact with others knowing that we all have different styles of how we approach things. So throughout this lesson today, I'm going to focus on the SL2 model, which is a situational leadership model that was written by Ken Blanchard. And he's also providing references to the one-minute manager or leadership and the one-minute manager. So those are going to be the sources that we'll look at today. But as we jump in, I want to start with a stat. Now, according to Ken Blanchard, Their company research shows that 54% of managers use only one leadership style. Think about that. 54% of managers use one leadership style. If you stop and think about all the interactions that you have day in and day out, how many of those are the same? How many of those include the same type of people or the same type of experiences? I would bet, and I'm going to make an assumption here, that you are saying they're not really similar at all. I mean, they're they're different. They each each of my interactions, or maybe the customers or the clients or the patients that I work with, they all require something just a little bit different. And so if we think about if I were to handle that in one way and one way only, what would that do? What what if 
you took one style, one way to approach people, things, decisions, and that's the only way you did it throughout a week. What would that do to your week? Again, I, I would enjoy the conversation around that because I, I find it, I think, and, and again, I'm sharing my opinion here, but I feel like we today, in today's environment, we have to, as leaders, we have to be flexible. Now, if you do a Google search on leadership styles, you're going to find a whole bunch of them. And, you know, for me, I think that's kind of the beauty of leadership. You know, you if you Google it, you'll find the two leadership styles, the six, the seven, the 40. I mean, it's all over the board. Now, that's not to say nobody knows what's going on. What, what, what to me, what that leads is that we all have a different viewpoint around how leadership should be done. And I think it also gives us then the flexibility to be able to say, no, in this situation, I'm going to handle it in more of a directive. In this way, I'm going to approach it more as collaborative. Uh, in this case, I'm going to approach it and fill in the blank, right? But I think it's important for us that we identify multiple ways in which we can lead and how we can deal with people. So one of the key points that Blanchard brings up in this is he says these managers have an either or approach to leadership. That's a very singular way of looking at it, right? Blanchard encourages that instead, we need to be looking at it through a both and lens. So moving us from an either or, which again is singular, to a both and, which is more of a multiple approach, that if we are able to adopt that mindset that, hey, every day it's going to be something different. You know, I, I think about, man, even today. We've got sick kids at home. You know, I've got a lot on my plate because I was traveling. I, we've, we're trying to balance all these things, yet still there are people who need stuff and I still have to interact appropriately with others. I can't just walk in and say, I'm busy, leave me alone and, and let's go. No, I, no, we have to be open. We have to be, all right, how can I best serve you in this moment? And so even if we have a lot going on, that doesn't justify us moving to an either or, either or. It still requires, I believe, us to be a both and. Now, when we think about the idea of situational leadership, I'm going to take it at its surface level and say, well, situational leadership is responding to the situation at hand. There are times where we need to, and mostly we need to leverage our viewpoints, which if you remember, our viewpoints are made up of three things. One, assumptions. It's the beginning. It's how the story is coming together, the stories that we tell ourselves. Two is perceptions. Again, that's adding validity to it. It's, it's bringing experiences in to clarify what it is that we're seeing. And then we have our expectations, and that kind of solidifies how we respond. And as situational leaders, we have to constantly evaluate the environment around us and make the decision, all right, how am I going to respond? Now, one of the things that I enjoy about the situational leadership model is, one, it makes sense, I, I believe. And Ken Blanchard gives us this example of how 
the situational leadership model and multiple leadership styles come into play. So for example, let's say we've got, and we're going to kind of work through the chart. So I would encourage you to Google it. Uh, look up the situational SL2, SL2 model, um, and you'll see a quadrant and then an arrow going from the lower right to the upper middle and then down to the lower left. So it's kind of that bell curve. All right. So we're going to start at the far right. And that's essentially the enthusiastic beginners. So looking at our team members as enthusiastic beginners. These are those new employees. They come in, they're ready to make a difference. They're really doing good. They just want to learn, but they want to prove themselves. They want to show that you know they've got high drive, but their competency around the work may be lacking. It may be low because again, they're newer, or maybe it's an experienced employee who's learning something new. Their competence of it might be low, but their energy is going to be really high. Now, for these type of individuals, we need to be more directive, meaning we need to be able to say, all right, great. I love your energy. Let's harness it. All right, first, we're going to do this. Then we're going to do that. I want you to work with so-and-so so you can learn from them. But those that are coming in, especially at a new task, and I, and I want to clarify here, I think even regardless of their years of experience, when it's a new task, a new procedure, maybe it's a new job, they're going to be energetic. They want to prove themselves. They want to show that they can do the job. So then we need to support that through directive leadership. All right, great. I want you to do this. Then we're going to do this. I mean, I am going to be more directive. All right. So now the next section is going to be the disillusioned learner. Again, disillusioned learner. This is the type of learner or employee that's going to have some competence. All right, so they've been there, they've done it. Um, I'm not going to put a time frame on it, but you know they they've been there and they've done that for a bit. And but their commitment to the success is all right. You know, yeah, I get it. I kind of do this, but you know, again, commitment maybe a little bit lower. Well, this is going to require a coaching style. And what we're talking about in this is so competence is increasing, commitment um, is, you know, kind of wavering. And what I mean by that is, again, they're able to start doing the job, but when they run into challenge, when they run into problems, they tend to revert back to the leader and say, well, I, I know what I'm doing here, but I need help with this. And so that type of an employee then would require a coaching style where we're open-ended, we're facilitative, and we're saying, what options have you tried? What do you think is missing? What else do you think we could try? What, what do you feel you may need to help you make that decision? I, I want to be able to guide you. I want to be able to coach you. So again, the disillusioned learner is the type of person who I've got some experience, um, but I'm not 100% sure, right? Okay. So now we've got the capable but cautious contributors. Capable but cautious contributors have a high competence in their work and their variable commitment, meaning you know they're capable, they want to do this, but how I like to phrase this one, maybe they've had a bad experience in the past where they've had a leader who maybe shot them down and was like, no, 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 you're going to do it this way. Don't, don't make your own decision on that. You're going to do it this way. Maybe they had a micromanager. Maybe they had somebody who um, really you know, didn't encourage them, didn't empower them. So they may be a little hesitant. 
So for this type of employee, we want to be able to provide a supportive leadership style, which is, hey, what this is great what you've done so far. What What's next? What do we need to do? How can we encourage? How can we empower them? And then finally, we've got the self-reliant achievers. Self-reliant achievers are high competence, high commitment. Self-reliant achievers are those individuals who they've got it. They've been doing the job. They're confident that you've empowered them. They're making decisions that are right on point and everything is working wonderfully. Well, in that case, as a leader, I need to be more of a delegating or a delegator, right? However you want to phrase that. In this case, when I've got somebody who's self-reliant, I need to just give them a task and get out of their way. All right, so if we let's go back and look at this again, enthusiastic beginners, new employees, maybe they're maybe they're not new employees, but they're learning a new task, a new process, a new procedure, whatever it is. We want to be very directive in this. We want to be able to help them step by step to ensure that they're building a strong foundation. Then we have the disillusioned learners. I'm starting to get it, but yet I don't know it all, right? And yeah, do we ever really know it all? But, you know, I've got some, but they're going to need more of a coaching. So how can we take them to that next level? How can we bring them to, to help them take that next step in how they integrate it and operationalize whatever that skill may be? Then we move to the capable but cautious learner. And again, there's a lot of variables in this one, but essentially they're capable. They know what they're doing, but there's something holding them back. There's something that's kind of preventing them from just taking full ownership and moving forward. So in that case, we want to be supportive. And then we've got the self-reliant achievers. These are the individuals who, again, they got it. You give them something, they got it done. So then our role as leaders is to become a delegator, give them the tasks, give them the responsibilities, and then get out of their way. So how do we bring this into life? And this is what Blanchard offers for us. Make sure you have flexible leadership style. And these are the points that he gives. Sit with each team member and look at their responsibilities and determine whether they are generally an enthusiastic beginner, a disillusioned learner, a capable but cautious contributor, or a self-reliant achiever. And it won't take you long to start seeing that your team members are in different places, which is okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Ideally, we'd love, I think, we'd love to be able to have all self-reliant leaders or achievers, but... Regardless, I think we will very quickly see that we do, as leaders, need to be able to use different strokes for different folks. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Creating Us podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please shoot me an email, jason.weber at ttu.edu. Again, jason.weber, W-E-B-E-R, at ttu.edu. Until next time. Take care.